Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And of course, I am joined by Dan LaMagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? Gentlemen, always good to be here. After, at least for me, I know Mitch felt a little differently there. A fun six-game wildcard weekend. Uh, I think we are approaching a fun time right now. Uh, you know, my passion of coaching and, you know, working with my semi-pro team in the past. I love this point now where the teams are moving further into evaluation mode. With many GMs, coaching changes, coordinator changes. This for me is why I'm always a little bit later to the startup party because I like knowing the direction these organizations and coaching staffs are going. So, you know, I like my relationships to be stable, JB. What do you think? Well, speaking of coaches, we're going to get into a few, uh, you know, firings, extensions before we get into the running back roundup, kind of some breaking news type stuff that we do want to discuss that we've been talking about nonstop in our Patreon Discord. But I'm also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on, guys? I'm just happy that we're finally getting coaching news. Like, I thought we would have had coaches hired by now. But really, it's been really slow on that front. So hopefully in the next week, we actually get a few more of these. And I got I to just chime in quick, JB. That's, that's kind of a neat take by Mitch. Because like, if we were like the owner of a team and you just a coach crushed it, and you know he has like five other interviews, I wouldn't let him leave the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's your contract. Exactly. Right. And I'm wondering how much of that, maybe a team still in the playoffs, maybe, you know, but we won't get get into specifics there, but I do want to talk about and put the dynasty spin on it. The outlook here, Doug Peterson, he was fired. What was that yesterday? And there was speculation that the team might be looking to go in another direction. And of course they are. So Dan, really quickly, what are your thoughts here? What impact is this going to have on this Philadelphia Eagles team? I was waiting for this ball to drop, like just anxiously waiting. Not that's not just my anti-Eagles sentiment, and I, I apologize for our listeners that are fans of the birds, but like they have this great Super Bowl roster, and right there, like that was your opportunity to start something good in Philadelphia, and man, we just watched it crumble. So you know, you're looking for what, what's going on, and this year, the way the Eagles ended that season and the way they played this season. They had to do that. So, uh, you know, I, I think Doug Peterson, at the time they were in the Super Bowl, you know, good guy. I was kind of, you know, liking a little bit of what he's doing, but he was not the man to run that ship. That ship got ran into the ground, and I, I'm, I'm proud of Eagles management. They, they says, hey, it's time for change. We don't like what we're hearing. You're not offering a plan that says we should keep going down this this path. And now the big question for all of us in Dynasty is, Wentz, Hurts, what's going to be the direction of those quarterbacks? Mitch, what are your thoughts here? Because I have a few thoughts, but I don't want to. I don't want to steal everybody's thunder. So, what are you thinking here? You know, dynasty wise, it's not really going to change a lot of the values for me right now. And actually, I'll take that back. Carson Wentz. From everything we've heard from the owner, it sounds like he kind of wants to keep Carson Wentz. At least let him and Hertz play next year and have an open competition. So if that happens, now I kind of like Wentz just a little bit more, believing that you know maybe he might get that starting job back. But as far as like Miles Sanders and Rager, I'm going to keep them at the same. I don't. I know there's this big point to where 
people think Miles Sanders is all of a sudden going to get a bell cow role, but we haven't seen him do it yet. And I don't put a whole lot of faith in him just automatically doing it because a new coach goes up. With Miles Sanders, I'm actually going to take that from the other side because Miles Sanders, he, he actually got a solid amount of the workload. It's just the workload wasn't as much as we would have liked. The, the whole pie wasn't as big as we would have liked, but his portion was still solid. He was getting over 70% of the work in that backfield. And I think the overall volume is really what threw people off. So if I have Miles Sanders in a league and I said this, I am shopping him strictly because if there's a manager in that league mm -hmm. that thinks, okay, Doug Peterson's fired. There is that glimmer of hope. And this is what I said in one of the chats. There is now that glimmer of hope that the new coach that comes in, he is not going to employ a running back by committee, even though we really didn't see that. Again, it just the overall volume wasn't there. So I, I think that's going to be an intriguing one. We've seen Miles Sanders slip in early offseason startups, but now maybe this gets a little uptick, even if it's one manager in a league that now starts taking him above the, the the pretty sizable tier that you could put a lot of those running backs. And then for Wentz and Hertz, I think this is nothing but a positive thing for Carson Wentz. I, I really do. So I think it might present an opportunity to move on from Carson Wentz from your super flex two quarterback rosters. But then if you're a believer in Jalen Hurts, this presents a buy low opportunity, at least buy low compared to where we were three weeks ago when he was a top 12 dynasty quarterback in many, many people's eyes. People had him moved up in their rankings, but now this presents an interesting opportunity. So that's my thought. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I, you know, Jalen Rager. Uh, the, the the rest of the wide receiver core, I'm not really changing them at all. Just like you said, Mitch, their value is not changing, but the perceived value for Miles Sanders, that's an interesting one for me. Dan, did you have anything else? You, I, I saw it in your eye. Yeah. You wanted to say something. I can't believe I'm going to express some passion and hope for Philadelphia. This is, I'm going to have to shower after the show, but this is a ship. Like if I get the coaching job in Philadelphia, I think I could turn that around quick. You know, they're going to get some offensive linemen. They're going to be back and healthy. Between free agency and the draft, if they could you know, really play their cards right, the O-line's going to get shored up. You get a little boost at wide receiver. They've got to improve there. But Goddard's a stud. Rager's got potential. And you're going to get a head coach or OC, John, that's not going to play Madden football during the games and just want to go pass happy and have no strategic plan that wastes away the talent that they did have. So there's a lot of hope in Philadelphia. All right, so we might have an opening here on dynasty theory in a few weeks after Dan LaMagna becomes the head coach <laughs> of the Philadelphia Eagles. So Mr. Lori, if you're listening, Dan is ready to rock and roll. And I think you have your, your next man up here to lead that franchise back to glory. One other thing I want to talk about John Schneider with the Seattle Seahawks extended through 2027 and then Brian Schottenheimer, Brian, not Marty. Some Marty's were th being thrown around there was let go today. Mitch, really quick, what is your thought on this dynamic and how it's going to play out? I mean, really, I think every time the Seahawks go into the offseason, they want a better defense. They want to be able to run the ball. I think the only reason why the whole let Russ Cook thing happened this year is because their defense wasn't as good as what they thought it was going to be. I yep. think every single year they're going to want to run the ball. So I don't see it changing this offseason. They're going to get an offensive coordinator in who could help run the ball a little bit better than what Schottenheimer did. And that's kind of the basis of it. Dan, over to you. 
Before we even get to Seattle, I just want to kind of sneak in a little something here, JB, because I know it's not in your show no- show notes. But for you know our listeners watching the video, I want to just raise my glass for a toast for the Cowboys letting go of Coach Nolan. I know it's for another episode, whether that's a plus or a minus. They're they're higher. We're not going to go there, but a little toast. <sighs> okay. And then second for another episode, the Bears I'm hearing are rumoring to keep Nagy and, and and their GM pace. Oh, my Lord. I don't know what the Bears are thinking. So Philadelphia is already moving ahead of the, the Bears. But Seattle is what you asked me. The GM, I mean, Schneider, and I know there's some variants of opinions, but they have accumulated talent. You know, they're a competitive team. They're making the playoffs. They can't get over that hump. And I think they have another OC, which I would be interested to see what happens with a good, strong play caller. You know, there's no reason Chris Carson, when healthy, should not be able to keep off or defenses honest and have a little bit more of a balanced team. And Russ, seeing more of Russ cooking with two unbelievable wide receivers, I think they got to fix the tight end position. It's not as strong as it was in the past and hopefully get a better third receiver, unless Freddie Swain could kind of continue to progress. I'm not sure where he'll where he'll go, but they're not far away. They've got a nucleus that's a fair age. There's, there's hope there in Seattle. So I, I like that firing and see where they go next year. And this was actually Chris Carson's most efficient season whether it was just because the limited, not limited, but limited workload for him compared to previous seasons, but only, I think, what, 12 games this season. And like I said, his most efficient season. So he still has it, but is he going to get that contract extension? And if he doesn't, who comes in? If they're looking to run the ball more, is Rashad Penny going to be a main beneficiary who is essentially free in startups at this point? So maybe somebody to target late if you're in an early offseason startup. But one name, you know, I was thinking about this earlier and Gary Kubiak, there were thoughts that he was going to retire that now they're saying, well, maybe he stays in Minnesota. If you want somebody that's going to run the ball, I I'm just, just a name I'm throwing out there. Gary Kubiak to Seattle as the offensive coordinator, especially if he's looking to be on a team that's going to win. I don't know if that team is Minnesota. Right? No, that's a really good point. That'd be a perfect fit, fit for him. So we'll see, Um, but it's all going to be over whenever he retires next week. So we can just cut that part of the episode out. All right, guys, try not to spend too much time on that, but definitely some things to keep an eye on. But now going to the running back roundup and a few different questions I threw out here to you guys. You can go in multiple directions, but Dan, I want to start with you. And at this point in the off season for your existing team, so not a brand new startup here in the early stages of this 2021 off season, what are you looking to do with your running back position? This can be specific running backs you're looking at, your roster construction, whatever you want to talk about here. I'm going to be specific to existing teams in a moment, but I want to put like a little asterisk disclaimer for existing. Why do I even do these show notes, man? (laughs) Hey, you gave me a lot of homework again this week. I know. I know. All right. I've got to add some context around it here. So, For existing team and startups, again, I'm going to continue to evaluate and I want to see, you know, I went through my running backs and I added my question marks and my red flags, but I want to see what's changing. You know, those dysfunctional ratings are coming, Dylan. I promise you, man, they're going to be part of our Patreon before you know it. JB's got me updating my rankings sooner than I've ever ranked them in the history of like 30 years of fantasy football. I'm probably showing my age there a little bit, but they're coming. But I want to see what these teams are doing at the quarterback position. 
at the wide receiver position to take pressure off the run game, you know, the tight end position, blocking tight ends. What are they going to do in the draft? What are they going to do in the free agency? Because that, that's ultimately going to shape a lot of our analysis moving forward. But at this point in time today, JB, to answer your question, I want to identify how many players I have in each of my tiers, which I, I started to do. At first look, I've got my like top 12 to 13 guys in tier one that, you know, they're just going to be studs. Then I have my tier two, 13 to 24 guys that have potential to be top 12. And we're going to be in certain rookies in, in there and in, in certain drafts or at some point. Those are some big tiers, Dan. I, I, I know. It's it's starting to mold and take shape <laughs> already, man. And then, like, I want to be more aggressive with finding guys in that third tier that are solid but have upside. And then from there, like the fourth and fifth tiers – you know, they're players that need opportunities, have potential, because after that, they fall off a cliff. So right now I'm looking at those tiers and I want to see where I can improve my rosters with more potential and with more some more depth. So, little, you know, owners, heads up, trades are coming. Well, so I for me, what I've seen in these early startups and I don't want to keep talking about existing these leagues, but no, 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 no. But. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but using those early startups to see how values have shifted, there's about 20 running backs that I'm okay having on my existing teams. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have them, if I have some of these other running backs, we'll, we'll get to eventually. If I'm looking to move them and what point during the off season, am I willing to do that? There, like, you know, D- Dan, you're talking about, you know, you're, top 12 and 13 to 24 and then some upside after that yeah there's upside but they're not guys that i'm thrilled to have and this running back landscape because especially with the talent coming in we talked about it last year but this year Najee harris travis Etienne, javante williams we, we have that that top tier of guys top two tiers for for rookie running backs and then some guys that i would much prefer over some of the the guys that dan might be thinking about Throw the red flag. You, you says you're not excited about those guys in those th- third tier or so. Maybe not excited, but if you're not excited, you wouldn't have had the James Robinsons, the Antonio Gibsons, the Damian Harrises. You know, there's certain guys that slid to tiers last year, even Rojo. Like you need to take some gambles on some of those guys on those tiers and get them in your roster because they just need either opportunity or someone to fall or they may surprise. So JB, man, I, I got to challenge a little bit of that um, hatred towards guys after tier two in your list. I remember talking about James Robinson week one, Dan, about DFS. And I believe you like completely blew him off. I was like, no, he's a really good play. And you were like, no, 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 no. Why would you do that? I'm just just saying. And see, this is where I'm going. I have learned from Mitchell Sorensen <laughs> in realizing that I did not give enough attention to running backs after the second tier. Now, let me let me clarify, because when, when I talk about my tiers, tier two, that that's only four running backs in. <laughs> Dan, Dan's talking about tier two. He's going all the way down to 24 running backs. And I'm not saying I'm not going to roster these guys, especially the, those, those are the pieces that you want to round out your roster those running backs and high upside pieces. So I'm not saying, okay, I have two high end running backs on my team. You're not going to find another running back on my roster. So that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying players that I am thrilled to have on my team. Whereas we always talk about wide receiver being much, much deeper. And I still feel that way. 
Mitch, what he is saying is he only likes blockbuster trades, and he has no 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 time for the small time offers of of Dan Lamagna. I I, I can see that. I can see that. John, big time Bauer. But Dan, the 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 ocean floor depth type of (laughs) trades that you send my way, they're players that. Aren't even on rosters. JB, that was 2020, Dan. This is 2021, Dan. <laughs> I and Mitch. Mitch has me paying better attention to that middle in between tier. No more ocean bottom. Well, anyway, so, you know, I mentioned the startups, but it's just seeing how values have shifted because there certainly are a lot of value shifts already. But the one major thing for me, and Mitch, I'll turn it over to you in mm-hmm. a second, but and this should be across every position, but we talk about our tiers and I much prefer the tier base rankings over. Okay. Here's my one. Here's my two. Here's my three, because I think it's very fluid and you need to be that way, especially in dynasty. But I'm looking to, if I have four running backs in a tier based on value shifts, can I move one of those running backs for another and get a piece added? And this should be all the time. You know, and it should be across all positions. So it's not exclusive to running backs, but that's one thing that I'm really looking to do. And for example, one tier that I have, if I can pull this up fast enough over here, I'm clicking hyperlinks. I'm going to different pages. Hold on a second here. So tech savvy. All right. So, so, but like one tier, you know, uh, Nick Chubb, Zeke, Josh Jacobs. If, if I know that somebody values Nick Chubb significantly more than, you know, a, a Zeke L- Elliot there, maybe I can get Zeke plus for Nick Chubb or vice, you know, vice versa. So moving within those tiers, but picking up value. Dan, what are you, what are you looking at over there? To my point, all blockbuster guys, all guys in the first tier, Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott. Do, um, do you want me to spend 10 minutes and scroll down here? Okay, let's get to uh, Tony Pollard and Damien Harris there. Does that fit better for you? They have value. They have value, but you won't trade for those guys because they're not big enough for you. Let's scroll a little further. Should we talk about Benny Snell and Justice Hill? No, no, that's you're you're approaching the ocean bottom there. I was watching right. SpongeBob with my son tonight. I'm not going near that ocean bottom. All right. So anyway, so moving within tiers, that's what I'm talking about. Blockbusters. I'm more of a Netflix guy. That was a, that was a terrible joke. Anyway, Mitch, what are your thoughts here? Existing I- leagues. Running back landscape. You probably completely forgot about what we were talking about. I don't even know, man. I mean, after that, it's hard to top it. But on existing teams, I hate to say it, but I'm in a little bit of a holding pattern. As much as I like Swift, JT, Akers, Dobbins, Sanders, these are all guys that everybody else likes too, right? I'm not going to be able to get any of them at a discount. So what are the other backs that we're going to try to move? Connor, Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard well, Fournette. Let me, let me ask you really quick because that's a good point. Are you willing to acquire any of those running backs that you previously mentioned, a, a Swift, a Taylor, at an inflated price? One, because you think they're going to continue to be that fantastic, or two, because they're going to rise in value? Um, No. So right okay. now, I'm just kind of holding off on them because normally when you trade a running back, you're going to be getting a running back in return unless you're giving like elite wide receivers back. If we're trading for, you know, one of those guys that I previously mentioned. Or picks, but yeah. Picks, right. But those picks are also going to get you those really good running backs in return because you're not going to trade a 111 pick and then try to get Swift off of it. You're going to have to trade a top pick to do it. And so then I think if you're looking at Connor, Carson, the other guys that I've mentioned, 
like you're going to end up taking him in a loss because no one's going to go out and be like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go trade for Chris Carson in my leagues. Like no one's doing that. And so I would rather just keep him on my team and then see how it goes because I don't think you're actually going to lose that much value from him. From what they're thought about right now in Dynasty, three months from now, I think James Conner is going to be in the exact same situation that he is now. I, I, I don't want to get into James Conner specifically here. But you One of those kinds of running right. backs. But you did mention Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Let's say, and again, this is trying to stay ahead of the curve a little bit. And we always make uh, you know, educated guesses. That's what mm-hmm. they are, guesses, essentially. And how do we think these things play out? Sometimes they hit, sometimes they miss. But let's say that I, a thousand percent, which I don't, but let's say I a thousand percent believe Chris Carson is going to get, and I keep saying a team friendly two year, like $12 million deal. And he stays in Seattle. They bring in a, a offensive coordinator that wants to run the ball. And then they, they Russ, he's not cooking anymore. They're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Maybe I take that gamble. And I do look to acquire Chris Carson right now before free agency hits. Okay. But what are you trading for him? Would you take a late second right no. now for Chris Carson? No, because I think that's a huge discount. I'd rather just hold and keep the second and then see how it goes for the next month. Because if that happens, he's still going to end up being worth the second. Like his oh, price isn't going to move. I, I, I don't think, think his price is going to go up. Chris Carson has never really had value in Dynasty. No, 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 no. no, no matter wait, what he does. Wait, wait, I'm saying, are you, are you looking at this the same way? If you have Chris Carson mm-hmm. and I offer you a late second, you would not accept that? No. Now, what, what happens if Chris Carson doesn't get extended? He goes somewhere and he is on the wrong side of a committee. And now he's not worth a second. But, but that's a risk you're that's willing to risk take? That's a risk I'm willing to take. Okay. Because I actually think there's not enough running backs coming into the league that are going to take over all of those jobs. I'm sure you're going to miss. Like maybe Kenyon Drake isn't going to be someone that you want to have on your roster next year. That's a chance. But there's also a chance that he gets resigned with the Cardinals and you're completely fine. So how much do you really want to take that chance when we know how the running back market works, where one tweet can change someone's value in a heartbeat? And let's say you have a few of those running backs, and Dan, I'll turn it over to you right after this. But let's say you have a Chris Carson, a Kenyon Drake, and then James Conner, three running backs looking to get that extension. If you have all three of them on your roster, you really just need one of them to get extended mm-hmm. or one of them to land in a somewhat favorable spot. And then your net gain there on all three, you're going to be able to turn a profit as opposed to, okay, Carson for a late second, Drake for a late second, Connor for two thirds or whatever. You know, I'm just arbitrarily picking those values. But I think that is a good point there, Mitch. And Dan, you've been ready. You've been getting fired up over there. You're getting the juices flowing on these middle tier running backs. And we're all in, we're in evaluation mode and we'll pick on those three guys. I think they're great selections of guys to analyze because we all have questions. We have some hope and optimism. We have some concern. Carson specifically, I'm with Mitch. I'm going to wait. I want him. I'll hang on to him. I'll take the chance of him going somewhere that's not as good because based on what we know today, Watching that last playoff game, he was healthy. I watched him truck people, but they didn't give him the ball enough. They didn't utilize him. I've seen what he did in the beginning of the season when he was healthy. Russ was hitting him on, throwing touchdowns to him. I know what he's capable of, and I'm going to bet that Seattle knows what they have, 
in this new offensive coordinator is expected to get the best out of that offense in general. And I don't think it's so much about Seattle running more. I think it's running more efficiently. They're still going to pass, man. Like, look, look at Minnesota's offense. Look at Cleveland's offense. They're establishing running games, and they're still getting fantasy production out of their receivers. Minnesota might be a better, stronger um, example than Cleveland, but there's talent there. Um, I kind of expected you to keep going there. I thought you were taking a breath, and you were going to continue. You threw me off there. But I, So I'm going to throw the same question to you, Dan, really quickly. I don't want to spend too much time on one specific player, but Chris Carson, would you spend – a late second to acquire Chris Carson with the hopes that he gets extended or finds another favorable situation. Now, although, although I did say I'm going to trade less draft draft capital this year, and I'm going to do my best to hold to that um, big difference to me in a late second and losing a first, I can live with losing a late second because I think at the very least, Chris Carson will get me my return on investment and is a much safer pick. So I, I would definitely do that. Mitch, we can scrap the idea of a half-hour-long episode. Yeah, that's never going to happen. No, we're one question in here. Uh, Really quick, Mitch, there's a question in the chat from Mm -hmm. SPhilly1123. Is Javante Williams close to Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, or would you go wide receiver if they're gone? I know my answer. Wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. I mean, I'd take Smith, Bateman, Lance, Pitts, Moore over Williams. I have about a... Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, unless there's like some miracle landing spot that's not coming to my head right now, that's, you know, like the Jonathan Taylor landing spot of last year. I just don't see him being able to move up above any of those guys. Even then, I think I'm still, especially in Superflex, I'm most likely taking, I'm going to take Lance above Javante. We talked about mm-hmm. this before the show kicked off. And wide receiver, I'm going to be taking, uh, uh, why, Bateman, and B- Smith. B- Bateman, my man, Bateman, yeah. Smith, Chase, you know, th- they're all guys that if they were available, I would take over Javante Williams. Yeah, honestly, in a non premium tight end league, that is like, are you going to take Cal Pitts or are you going to take Williams? That is kind of the guess for me. And, you know, I'm going to bring up, I think Gainwell is right there with Williams. Yep. And that kind of transitioned into my next question and why I mentioned startups, I kind of played it off. I, try to be smooth about it the first time around, but I was looking at my notes here for the startup (laughs) portion and I tried, Oh no, no, no. This is why I mentioned it. But yeah. So Dan, how are you looking at the running back position early in these off season startups? You haven't taken part in any startups, but if you would have, what are you looking at here in the running back? And does it tie into kind of what you would do in existing leagues? There's definitely a similar tier strategy, but you know, right now I'm at the point where I'm evaluating what I did last year what I did wrong, where were my mistakes. And my plan is to be more aggressive in the later rounds to, you know, I'm looking at my rosters where I was maybe thin at that position. And again, like I said, where I missed and I would draft as many as I can. And um, you're going to bust my chops here in a second, but my top 62, you know, in those five (laughs) tiers before that talent cliff drops off, I don't want to hit that talent cliff because I I'm looking at my rankings from last year and Oh my Lord, like when that, talent cliff drops off when you get past your tears it is dead weight like really no one rose from the graves there where receiver you could find some dime more diamonds in the roughs and some guys that um you know give you some production but i'm not i'm not approaching that ocean bottom this year jb not doing it well running back 62 you might as well (laughs) you were jj taylor you have fallen off the cliff fell into the ocean went all the way down and you're actually below 
ocean floor depth. It's a two running backs. John, it's a sickness, man. I'm looking at how deep I went running back ranking last year. And like, like the owner of me is like, Hey, this guy's like, you know, XFL superstar, you know, this Matt Waldman special. And like, I mean, it was just like crazy deep. So seeing how all those guys panned out and their roles played, I'm really drilling down to a little bit higher this year. Now, as I started to mention previously, because I was looking at the wrong section of my notes, but there were 20 running backs that I'm really targeting in, in these startups. And for me, Dan, those 20 running backs make up about seven tiers. I I have it minimized here. I know if I try to pull it back up, it's going to take me 10 minutes to find the spreadsheet, but then there's about eight to 10 extra ones that I am interested in. And it kind of includes that Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, AJ Dillon, Ronald Jones. So players that I would value that mid second rookie pick value. And then players that I think will be going there, potentially Kenny Gainwell, maybe like 202 to 204 range. And then a Michael Carter. And I know I'm a little bit higher on him than you are, Mitch. You know, we've compared our, our rookie rankings here, but for me, I'm looking to attack that running back group. Definitely in the top half of the 62 that Dan likes, and then we can round it out with some lower guys. So again, I'm not saying I don't want, I don't want running backs later. I, I, three startups, two of them already. I've drafted Royce Freeman in almost the last round. Uh, Dart throw. Let's see where he lands. Is he going to end up being anything? Maybe not. But in the 25th round of a startup, sure, I, I'm going to attack those low end running backs. So I can appreciate that, Dan. Just I, I keep chuckling to myself the discrepancy and how our tiers are broken down. Mitch, as impressed as I am with JB's takes, I think we got to get him a secretary for all this fantasy football. Be, between, uh, I should say, the administrative assistant. I want to be, you know, correct yes. here, but. You know, between the three pages of notes he, he he was, you know, navigating through on our Sunday brunch on the Patreon and then trying to find links today, um, you know, organization, John, we, we you know, we, we got to get you a little help. Maybe an intern. No, it's, it's, not, it's not organization. It's not being able to navigate anything involving technology. That's the <laughs> issue. Uh, on Sunday morning's episode, it sounded like I was recording in the bathroom mm-hmm. with the echo. I'm not really sure what happened. And then my gain was all messed up last Tuesday. <laughs> Kept popping like that. And I was just so frazzled. So technology is my issue. Anyway, Mitch, startups, you have taken part in a few. I have. So here's kind of the issue, right? What I want to do is I want to get two of the top 15 guys, right? So anywhere from CH, um, Joe Mixon and up, right? But the problem, what happens is in these early startups, you have draft picks included. If you get two of the top 15 running backs, you get your two quarterbacks. By that point, you don't have a wide receiver yet. So you're probably going to want to get one the fifth or sixth round. Then all of a sudden, you don't have any rookie picks because you went really heavy at running back. And so what I've actually found is the teams that I've went heavy running back early, they're not as stable as what I want. I mean, I'm looking at Keenan Allen as my best wide receiver. And then after that, it drops off pretty hard because I'm still trying to get these rookie picks because I know they're going to keep climbing in value. And so while right now I'm saying I want two of those top 15, actually in my favorite, like my favorite startup that I've had so far, I have Dobbins, James Conner, and Chris Carson, who we've already mentioned. And that's just because I drafted the 102. I drafted the 110. And then... I, there was just nowhere to get running backs after that. So while I want these guys, 
I don't know how attainable it actually is in startups with rookie drafts right now to get two of the top 15 and still actually build a competitive roster afterwards. I don't know if it was just the way the draft played out, but I'm currently in one. And at quarterback, I have Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford. We're only six rounds in. And then I was able to take the 103 and 104 rookie picks and DeAndre Swift and Joe Mixon. Mm -hmm. So the value of those rookie picks, not only are they going to rise, but as you navigate through your startups, it allows you that increased flexibility, which we've gone into, you know, very in-depth breakdowns on different episodes and on the Patreon. Last time I mentioned, I promise, but it's giving you increased flexibility. So if you did go running back early, but then we're able to snag some of those rookie picks, it could be a quarterback, a wide receiver running back. So depending on how the rest of the draft plays, it gives you that flexibility. And I think I've said flexibility seven times in the last minute. So I, I won't say that again. All right. And any I'm, other, sorry, I was just going to mention real quick. So, you know, I'm talking about that with running backs. That's what I want. And everyone knows I like getting a good tight end. You go Kelsey Kittle or Waller in the first two rounds, then all of a sudden you can't get either the three quarterbacks that you want. You can't get the two running backs that you want. We're seeing some comments in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Alex said, if you go quarterback, quarterback in a startup, super flex, of course, your running back two is Dan level deep. And that's uh -huh. running back 62. And then Packy says, it's quite hard to get top running backs if you want two competent quarterbacks. And it's completely true because then you're looking at those guys in that lower tier of like cousin Stafford. Um, and I, I think that says, the, the last cut, just a comment on that JB, I think as our research goes and our listeners keep listening to dynasty theory over time, you're going to, we're going to find that quarterback. We could let slide or that running back slide mm -hmm. and get some value somewhere and go with one of those strategies and, and have that diamond in the rough. So. Yeah, right now it's super tough just because there's so many quarterbacks. I mean, Sam Darnold should be a really good eighth-round pick. But right now we don't know if he'll have a job in three months. And so it's it's throwing a lot of those guys through the loop like, Ben, what do you do with Ben right now? He could retire as easy as coming back next year. I'm not touching him anywhere in a startup right now. Anywhere. But anyway, that that's away from the running back roundup. My bad. My bad. Ben Roethlisberger, not a running back. Maybe he's still upset about that Steelers loss. He might be licking his wounds a little bit. Sensitive I, topic, maybe. He was crying that night. Can I say something? You didn't watch the game. I watched it. No. I, I just I didn't care about the loss. Listen, <laughs> you. I actually I was working on updating my tiers and my rookie rankings mm -hmm. as that game was going on. So I'm I'm working. I'm looking over. I'm working. So my fandom, Dan. You always bash my fandom, but my fantasy teams and my research certainly comes first last thing in startups like i said earlier and dan this kind of goes into your top 62 philosophy i am slamming those late running backs you know whereas maybe previously i'm thinking okay i want to get a player that's going to help me out this season maybe i get a larry fitzgerald or a danny amendola or even a you know like mark ingram this year i'm looking at the younger guys that just anything that could happen We've seen it countless times. Mitch, you mentioned uh, James Robinson. He gets the opportunity because they move on from Leonard Fournette, and then he's a top seven fantasy running back in 2020. So just anything, you know, later in drafts, a uh, JJ Taylor, like you mentioned, is he going to you know, end up being anything? Possibly not. But that that's kind of one last thing for startups. Last thing, maybe is this the last thing? No, there's still two more. Uh, Dan. <laughs> Who are a few running backs you're looking to just move right now? 
if you take a loss, you take a loss. Mitch talked about Chris Carson earlier, where he's not willing to take that loss right now. But who are a few that you might have to? You know, I was a little appalled by this question in the show notes. You know, again, in my my little notebook I have here that says, you know, things in life I've learned from Mitchell Sorensen in fantasy football. <laughs> it says no player on my roster is safe. Every player should have his suitcases packed and ready to go. So, Fair. you know, you asking for just a few, JB, like, I mean, no one should feel secure. I mean, that's just, you know, that's in my Mitchell notebook. But John has strict rules, listeners, so. I had to just name a few instead of the 25 names I was checking in my deep deep 62 rankings today. But I, I guess a few guys that I am, you know, looking to move now. One is Josh Jacobs. And, and I apologize, Mitch. I, th- I think he was in your notes as well. And then he would know, have been in mine as well if I didn't see him in Mitch's. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little just, you know, between his up and down season and some injuries and his off field stuff and, you know, the. Coach Dan here, man, is feeling Josh Jacobs is not dedicated to football. He wants to bash our fantasy football community on Twitter. I mean, there's a lot of red flags going against him. So if you wanted to offer me anyone in that Josh Jacobs tier, I would hit accept. Um, two guys so, that I just – So real quick, yeah, just because you mentioned Josh Jacobs, the only thing I'm going to bring up about him is we know who he is now. He is like a lesser Derrick Henry and a lesser Nick Chubb. He doesn't get the receiving upside. Um, that's like what his ceiling is, is those two guys. So I would rather just use Josh Jacobs to go and get one of those two instead of hoping Josh Jacobs has a magical year and matches one of those two at some point. I just have no faith in Josh Jacobs ever really gaining that much value moving forward. Hey, and the coach of me too, guys, it's like I want a guy that could break out and be great. And I just believe that somebody that's, doing what he's doing on social media, getting in you know, an accident with a DUI is just not serious about being great. Cause that, that's what it takes to be in the national football league. Now, maybe he matures, you know, the, maybe the Raiders turn the corner, you know, I'm not saying he's, he, he's completely dead to me, but I want somebody else. The other running backs I mentioned, two guys that I just think are, are dust is Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. And I know they're going to be hard to move, but you know, maybe there's still a girly truther out there that's, you know, he did score some touchdowns this year, had a role. He's still Todd Gurley. I'm, I'm a Georgia fan. I love the guy. Um, I, I couldn't get a third for him during the season. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. Le'Veon Bell, same thing. And I bring him up because, you know, this year, as I looked back at my rankings, I was kind of, all right, you know, maybe now he's got a full year under his belt. He does something, gets traded to Kansas City. We watch him again. And he didn't look special at all or anything in Kansas City either with that offense. So I'm just seeing nothing there to like him. Again, hard to move. But if I could get some sort of draft pick, would whatever, I'm going to move him. And then the last guy is just Duke Johnson. Uh, I'm just completely writing Duke Johnson off my list. I don't see him as a third down back. I don't see him as a guy that could be anything much more. I just think he's a football player at this point. He's not a fantasy football guy. He's a football player. He's going to play on a team. He's going to be in a rotation somewhere. But I think he's a waste of our time. Yeah, so, so carry on Johnson. I mean so- – I thought about mentioning him, Mitchell. I, I, I'm really curious what a new staff in Detroit thinks. You know, do you let go of Adrian Peterson and then you truly employ a swift carry-on mm-hmm. role? You know, like maybe just in a new system, carry-on has something because he is an athlete. But again, to reiterate, and I'm there with you, Dan, if you can get any, I mean, would you take a fourth for Le'Veon Bell right now? Or do you just hold him? 
I would take a fourth, especially if it's an earlier fourth. <laughs> I fourth, mean, I would. Yeah. I think back to last year's drafts where you know you're looking at those fourths, and there's like that one more guy you still might like on your dynasty team. I would take, I would give Le'Veon Bell for that one more guy. I would hope it would be earlier fourth though, and not the the very end. That's the the price point we're talking here. <laughs> you're, not, I don't think you're getting an early third for Le'Veon Bell. The only thing, you know, let's say. Edwards Alaire misses a game here in the playoffs for some reason, you know, I, I but so my guy, Daryl really, Williams came in last time. I, 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 I know. I know. Yeah. So uh, really quickly. And then Mitch, I'll turn it over to you. I don't yeah, think I got, I just have one. Okay. Um, but for me, the issue with moving any running back at this point, we just talked about it kind of to a really extreme case with those, those guys nobody wants, you're going to take a hit on any veteran running back, essentially. Unless you're moving, and Mitch, you kind of brought this up, but unless you're moving Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, if there's that perceived value spike, which we talked about to kick off the show, Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift, you are taking a hit. We have seen Christian McCaffrey slip to 111 in a startup. 111. Does that scream recency bias? Does that scream that I want to focus on my quarterbacks because that might be more the case there. But the only running backs that, and let me give you a quick reason, A.J. Dillon, if the Packers choose to extend Aaron Jones, I think you could get an early second for A.J. Dillon right now. I think that hype after that one game has kind of come back down. Ronald Jones, there's talk about James White coming over. I know it's James White, but at least stealing all passing down work there. And then... What do they do in the draft? There's talk about them maybe targeting a running back in the middle rounds of the draft. Melvin Gordon, he's not a free agent, still has one more year. Let me see if I can get anything for him. Uh, second, can I get a second? Might be a player that we have to wait for on him. Devin Singletary, I will take a nice uh, Italian hoagie for Devin Singletary at this point. So if somebody wants to send me a $10 Jimmy John's gift card, you can have Devin Singletary. I'm not sure if I can get that much right now. All right, so like I, I one more. I just I was taking a breath. Okay, all right, my bad. Uh, I Miles, hope it's better than the ones you've mentioned. The in, in Miles Gaskin, I actually just again the, just anything. Give me anything. Trade me point. Gaskin. I'll take him. Okay, we'll come, that'll be in our next question. Yeah. I'm not saying oh these are sell high candidates. Right, no, hold on. So, so the question was, who are a few running backs you're looking to move right now, and what price are you willing to accept? It didn't mean it needed to be like the dumpster fires of the NFL this year right now. So Wait, I'm actually, I, I wrote the question and I misread the question. I know. I know. I realized that halfway through, but so I'm actually getting named someone that people might actually want. I mean, so that, that could help some listeners. I'm going to bring up Jonathan Taylor and everyone's going to be like, you don't move Jonathan Taylor right now. Right. But so Jonathan Taylor right now is being hyped up as a top, I mean, people are bringing him up as running back one, a top three running back in Dynasty right now, right? And so when I look at the running back one, I want the running back one that doesn't leave the field. So I want CMC. I want Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, th those are the guys who I'm looking at. I want the ones who are going to be on the field in the fourth quarter. Your team is losing. You're the one on the field. Sadly, right now, that's not Jonathan Taylor. That can be Jonathan Taylor moving forward. But as of right now, that is not Jonathan Taylor. There's not many of those guys, Mitch. Exactly. What are you, what are you willing to add to Taylor for CMC? To Taylor for CMC, I would add Tyler Boyd. That might get it done in a 
kind of deeper league. See, so why I brought this up, and it's, this isn't a hate piece on Taylor. I love Taylor. I'm okay having him. But once he starts getting brought up as that running back one, and I think as the drumbeat through the season keeps going, what's going to happen to Christian McCaffrey? Recency bias is going to start to play in, and then he's going to end up just slight, like we saw, 110 in a startup. We're going to see Jonathan Taylor slowly moving up because it's going to be he has the greatest spot that a running back could have right now. So he's going to keep moving up. And I do believe there's going to be a point here in the next couple months that he's going to end up being running back one, running back two in startups. At then, that point, I trade him. And in the chat, Ben saying, this is what I was thinking, CMC for Jonathan Taylor and what else on top. Guys, would you include a late 2021 first with Jonathan Taylor for CMC? I would. Yes. You would? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dan, I know you're trying to hang on to those draft picks. I, I, relu- I reluctantly say yes, just because I, I think CMC is the only guy I would do that for. East Coast kid. Duh, 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 there's a few D's there at the end. I'm not any adding anything to Taylor for CMC. See, and that's my point. That's my exact point here is if people have those two even, then I'm going to do everything I can to, to trade Taylor and maximize that value the best that I can. Because the odds are that he ends up as the running back one. I mean, Derrick Henry has just a good of a chance next year, you know, as far as how's my team going to win. And so if I have to take uh, maybe a little bit loss on potential value down the road, I'm willing to move Taylor now for that reason. Do we think in many situations we could get Alvin Kamara plus for Jonathan Taylor right now? Give it a month. Yeah. What about a pivot? I have them in the same tier, but Taylor and Swift. Oh, you will have to add to Swift to get Taylor with you'll have to add at least a first to Swift to get Taylor. And I will say a mid first. Maybe that's something I'll try. I have a few shares of Jonathan Taylor as an experiment. I'll go out and do that and see. Oh, no, don't trade him for DeAndre Swift in a <laughs> late first or whatever. Hey. Saying, I mean, I but, love- De- but, but, but DeAndre Swift offers that potential where he is going to be on the field. We've seen him in passing downs. He had what? 45 receptions. You don't know what Detroit's going to do at this point. And if I just watch both of those guys play, I'm very enticed by Taylor. Just think of the Colts get a quarterback that could just move and extend well, plays on third down. But t- Taylor but, isn't good at catching the ball. Like, and Taylor he, might he not be good until that last game. He can catch the ball. He can. Without a doubt, he can catch the ball. He doesn't excel at it. And that's going to be an issue if you have Naheen Hines on the field with you. That's my only point with it is – if I have a running back one, I want one that's on Le'Veon Bell four years ago. I want oh, Le'Veon Bell. You know what I mean? Just retired from the Colts. Who did? Really? Ben, that better be Uh-oh. valid information here. Ben is yelling at me. That's not true, Mitchell. What's not true, Mitchell? Something. How, how old is he? Why would he be retired? Anthony Costanzo. Um, I am not seeing anything, not saying you're lying, not saying you're lying, but anyway, let's keep things rolling here. Um, Dan, one running back, one running back that you are looking to hold until pre or post NFL draft, and then maybe looking to move because the, the way you think the situation could play out, um, with the NFL draft. Give me two, JB. Can I have two, please? Two. two. You can have two. Thank you. There are two guys that caught my eye that if their team just shows they're going to keep things the same or go in the direction of keeping them more running back 1A, I think have a lot of upside. 
And no, Danzo did retire. How old is he, he Mitch? We, could you do a little uh, search while I'm rambling about running backs? Yeah, he was in the uh, he 10 seems... seasons, 144 starts. How did I not see this? That really stinks for the Colts. Like, it, there's nothing worse than being that like GM or coach, just like Dallas this year when Frederick retired. You got a right. guy that's still at a, you know, has a few more years left. And poor Colts, man, it's luck. It's Costanzo. But anyway, so two guys, JB. One is Raheem Mostert. And I know he's not a young dynasty running back by any means, but when he was healthy and rolling and the Niners had everybody this year, he just looked awesome. Like, I mean, he was just ripping off huge 50 plus yard runs. Just, he just looked like a beast. And, you know, he came off that big Super Bowl performance. So I'm really just still curious that there's maybe a guy that has at least one breakout season in him. Um, and then the second guy is Miles Gaskin. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I was really down on and like just I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid for a while. But then watching enough weeks of Gaskin when he was healthy, he looked good. And I don't know if that's just a product of their offense where maybe like but, you know, there were running backs that couldn't run good in that offense. So those are two guys that I'm going to watch to see what they do. And if they still have a good opportunity to start or get a good chunk of carries, I think there's talent there. The thing for me, and I, I pose this question centered around pre and post NFL draft, because essentially it's who were you betting on or against for their team to draft a running back or leading up to that, look at somebody in free agency, Mitch, I don't know who your guy is. So I hope I do not steal him. I genuinely don't know. Dan already did. There you go. So that's, all right. That's going to make that one very easy for me. The guy I'm betting on, and I've been doing it throughout 2020, and he helped me along the way, but James Robinson, and here's the reason why. Let's say they do not draft a running back and spend you know, even decent draft equity. You have Urban Meyer coming in. There's going to be hype surrounding that. Well, they, they hope Urban Meyer comes in, so I'm not saying lock and load Urban Meyer is there, but let's say he does come in. Just naturally, there's going to be hype in the dynasty community. Trevor Lawrence, that's all but a done deal. Boom. Now, if they don't draft a running back, that's essentially the trifecta here. If they don't draft a running back and they can improve that offensive line, you bring in Trevor Lawrence, you bring in Urban Meyer with that hype and a well-rounded coaching staff. I think as a community, we're talking about James Robinson solidified as a top 12 dynasty running back at that point. I genuinely believe that. And I know some people are concerned. And Mitch, you and I talked about this in the chat. Urban Meyer, he runs a lot of those option. Well, he's taken a few years off. Is all of that going to translate to the NFL? Is Trevor Lawrence going to be as mobile as some of the quarterbacks he had at Ohio State? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think Meyer's in that class of, you know, the, the, the Sabins, like these guys that just, I mean, it's a sickness. I have some ethical concerns of Urban Meyer. I don't know if he's the, the coach I'd want to build my team around, but he's he eats, breathes, sleeps football like no one else. You know, so I could see the potential of him if they get that quarterback situation right, which, you know, is looking pretty good for him. Uh, they have an opportunity. I can yep. see that happen. All right, Dan, Mitch, your answer was stolen by Dan. Yep. Dan's, Dan Dan's talking about ethics. 
and who he wants his team to be built around. And he's over here stealing answers. And you're going to talk about ethics? <laughs> yeah, I didn't write him down. <laughs> you didn't write him down. So I didn't know that one there. Yeah. That was a little surprise. And to, to Ben's point on there, Mostert's under contract. And I guess I just don't want to see like them go all in on like their first round pick with a running back. or I don't want to see the writing on the wall for Mostert. I want to right. know he, can, he could potentially have two years instead of just one. So we'll see what happens there. Last one before we get into the running back rapid fire to wrap up the show. And Mitch, let's start with you so nobody can steal your answer. Who is one running back that, based on how you see the offseason progressing, whether that's free agency, the NFL draft, when the 2021 season rolls around, you're looking to ship them off because you know right now maybe you can't. So it's David Johnson. And I hate going with an old guy. I've done done my best to not name a whole bunch of old guys this episode. Mitch is like, sell Frank Gore. Exactly. (laughs) But the reason why I bring him up is I think he actually has a pretty good chance to be in the same role in September as he was, you know, a month ago. I don't, that's probably not going to change with the amount of draft capital that Houston has. And so when I'm looking at that, I'm like, hey, so he's an older running back who has PPR upside. Contenders are going to want him. Contenders are going to be willing to go out there and acquire him. So he's someone that I want to just keep just burning on the back of my roster, not planning on him being on there as soon as September hits, because I know this last year is probably the last chance to get any value out of him. So if it's September and I get a decent offer for, say, what I'm thinking is going to be a mid-second, what could end up being an early second, I would do that trade in a heartbeat. And if somebody's a contender and David Johnson still has that starting rule there, then I, I think that that is something that could get done. And again, you're under the assumption, I think a lot of us are, that Houston avoids drafting a running back because there's so many other positions and they don't necessarily have all the draft capital in the world with some of the moves they made. They are like the Dan LaMagna of 2020. Oh, I have a draft pick. I have to get rid of it. All right, (laughs) Sell, sell. Quick comment. David Johnson, I think, Mitch, that, that's very interesting one. The sample size is, like, so small. Like, he looked good in his last game. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, so that there's not much to go on. But he did kind of look good. He kind of like, could almost be in that Moster class of, hmm, you know, what direction is this team going at the position? So that's going to be interesting to watch. My one running back would be, like, a, a 1A, 1B. I'm going to trade one either. Both would be Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, even if we see Arizona also not really go in a different direction and kind of stay stable in that running back situation, although Drake did score a bunch of touchdowns this year, and I'm just not feeling the running back situation in Arizona there. I'm not seeing it. Like, I'll give someone else that steady production in Drake and, you know, maybe that pass catching ability, good handcuff in Edmonds, and roll the dice on some running back in their class with a bit more ceiling. Um, I'm just not in this situation. Are you assuming that Drake gets some type of extension then? I would be, I would be, I'm thinking that, you know, they, they, they go in the Drake route and then I'm just still not feeling it. Even if they give them like a two year, two year deal or something like that. One guy that I might be looking to move on from, and I was all aboard. I have so many shares currently, so it's going to take some time to move on from this guy. But David Montgomery, potentially, I really think it was I'm just so scared. It was the perfect storm this season. It really mm-hmm. was that schedule, obviously, to wrap up the season. And then Tariq Cohen, he, Cohen, he got that extension. He's under contract until 2023. So for this question, I was looking at it. I didn't want to say, oh, well, a running back that's 
going to be a free agent and if they sign somewhere or get extended. So I kind of avoided like a Kenyon Drake type player, but David Montgomery under contract until 2022, well, through 2022. And I, I just think at this point in time, he's, he's a veteran. People don't want, he's not sexy. They don't want him right now, but maybe when the season rolls around, Oh crap. I have to fill a hole in my roster. I thought I was a contender. Somebody went down to injury. Something didn't pan out here in the first few weeks. Maybe David Montgomery is that perfect piece. If I'm not contending that I can move on from. He'll look really good in projections next year. Like really good in the projections. No matter what happens with that offense, his projections are going to look pretty good. He, he was he was one of my most interesting guys. And in, in recent episodes, you guys know I've been kind of upping him as like a Chubb Jr., Henry Jr., like he like pushing that class with just steady production. We did talk about if Cohen comes back, he may lose that PPR because he's the only guy they have right now. But seeing that they're probably bringing back Coach Nagy and their GM, it makes me think they're going back to Mitchell Trubisky. Their O line's terrible. Like I'm, I'm ready to sell. I, I'm off the Monty train if that's the direction they're going. Think of how bad that offense is going to be if Allen Robinson isn't there next year. <sighs> Even worse. Yeah, horrible. Uh, Losing a potential field stretcher there who can also run the intermediate routes. That's definitely going to make that offense. It's going to be a major setback for them. But yeah, David Montgomery, I'm pushing like 40% roster ship in my Mm -hmm. dynasty leagues. So this isn't a, oh, I don't like David Montgomery. I love David Montgomery, but that might be an opportunity to move on from him to wrap up the show. And we might, we're keeping it right here along running out. This is going to be quick. So we're going to go. Mitch, Dan, Mitch, Dan, all the way through this list. There are a series of running backs that are slated to be free agents. And I picked eh, top 12-ish in my tiers. So nobody that I would say is ranked 62nd or 110. (laughs) But let's start off here. Just name the team where you think they land. and Maybe they stay on the same team. Mitch, Aaron Jones. Packers. Yeah, I'm going to break all the rules tonight, just so you know here. So uh, Aaron Jones, Drew Rosenhaus, wherever he wants, he's getting a big payday. All right, Chris Carson. Jets. Stays in Seattle. The sexy one there is Buffalo. Everybody's talking about Buffalo. Everybody. Kenyon Drake. Detroit. I don't know what Arizona thinks of him, to be honest with you. So I'm just going to keep him in Arizona for right now. I do not want to see Detroit. I didn't say see him. I could see him them getting a good backup for Swift. All right. Like two or three touches a game. Teams love their committees, man. I know. James Conner. I'm continuing to break rules. Like who, how the heck do we know where these guys are going? James Conner, do the Steelers, is it the old line the issue or is James Conner the issue or both? I'll keep him in Pittsburgh for now and think they're going to fix the old line. I'll go Pittsburgh too. Dan, you broke the rules. Mitch is first. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, Mitch, letter Cornette. Miami. Is he a bounce back or a depth piece in the right situation? Uncle Lenny's a close personal friend of mine playing basketball. I know this is rapid fire, but I, I think he's going to test the waters and, and land somewhere that needs a running back. I don't know I where don't that think is. Dan is the answer to one. <laughs> I don't think so either. I said Carson was staying in Seattle. That's true. That's oh, that, that's a gutsy take there. And you said James Conner, Pittsburgh. All right, Jamal Williams, Raiders. Ooh, that's a good one, right? I'm, I'm thinking he stays in Green Bay because someone's going to pay more than Aaron Jones and Green Bay is going to offer. Philip Lindsay. Broncos. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Pittsburgh. That'd be fun, right? 
That would be fun. He's he's dust. He's going to be Devontae Freeman (laughs) and not sign until after the season. That actually, I actually could see that happening. But again, Dan, so not only is Dan going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, he's also going to be a politician because he hasn't answered one of these deals. Make him answer the next one first because there's only one answer to the next one. Dan, James White. Tampa Bay. Uh, Yeah, Tampa Bay. (laughs) (laughs) That was in my notes. All right, Mitch, Gus Edwards. Ravens. I don't think he's moving. He, he's restricted as well. Yeah, I think he, I think the Ravens are happy with him. Nice one-two punch with Dobbins. Ingram's out. Marlon Mack. Colts. It's going to take over the job. Just kidding. I, I, I need to see how soon we're going to see Twitter videos on his rehab there. I, I need to see that he's healthy. <laughs> Some Instagram. And then, and then you know, we'll, we'll see where he goes. Maybe he lands in Philadelphia. That could be that could be intriguing. I, finally, 11 players in. Dan hits us with a spot that's kind of, eh, maybe. And then last one, can't even get a third for the man, Todd Gurley. San Francisco. It's going to have to be a competing team for him to go anywhere. Yeah. Just to give you a name, JB, big, big, big risk here. But the Jets are dysfunctional. They'll take Gurley. All right. So, so both of you said the Jets for one of your options. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. Maybe they... Dad didn't... I- answer any of the others so we'll just go from there (laughs) and we're gonna pretend like he did and our listeners are thinking okay all right so dan maybe you can answer this one final thoughts besides being switzerland and being neutral and not really taking a side on any of those free agents do you have a final thought for our listeners my, guys, I'm still stuck in the moment here, man. Uh, I, I'm a, my prediction is still going good. Bills, Bucks, Super Bowl. Let's see how that uh, carries on episode to episode. And, and I, I still have a, like three more chances to win a DFS million maker. So that's it. I'm just, I'm just thinking money and Super Bowls right now. I'm going to end on that note. All right. All right. Mitch. Good note. All right. So I'm just going to bring up um, when you're on over the cap, when you're on spot rack, whatever you want to. I don't even know what that website's called, but Spotrack. Yeah, whatever it is. But just because there is dead cap on a player, it doesn't mean that he has to be cut. It probably means he's more likely of a cap of a candidate to get an additional year thrown on or a restructure. I mean, just because people have dead cap doesn't mean he's an automatic cut because it's why I see all the time. Oh, so and so has a twelve million dead cap. More than likely, he'll just probably get extended if he's a good player. Yep. And we see all the time teams are willing to eh, finagle their way somehow mm-hmm. around these cap situations, but we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. I don't really have any revelations tonight. I know people, they stick around for the full hour because they say JB is going to have a, an outstanding final thought. My final thought. And as far as I know, my microphone was okay tonight. My final thought is I figured out the technology. It only took 101 episodes, but I think I, figured it out as always we want to thank everybody for tuning in find us on twitter and instagram at dynasty theory ff stay safe be kind to each other draft 62 running backs and have a great night